The problem with that, and those women actually, ironically, I think are both divorced now, is that you're not yourself. So when yeah. you finally get married, unless you keep up this charade of who you were pretending to be to make them want you, yeah. if you don't keep that up, then yeah. you're not gonna I, live the real you. So exactly. that's exhausting. Who can be fake their whole life? Right. So nobody wants to do that. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Single You, the podcast. I'm your host, Rika. I'm a dog mom of two precious sweet pit bulls. I'm a lover of Will Smith. I mean, literally since I was nine, I have a problem. Mm -hmm. I finally started rocking my curly fro back in 2017 and never looked back. It's been a journey. I'm a motivational speaker, the single girl's life coach, the CEO and founder of Single You Academy, my online community for women. And you'll often hear me say that singleness is not a punishment. Your single season is not a season to endure, sweetheart. It's a life and a life worth living. You just got to design it. Now, my intention with Single You Academy is to help you discover your worth, girl, so that you can stop tying your identity to men and stop being a people pleaser. And I know you hear all the gurus say, you need to love yourself, you need to know yourself. What, what is that Drake song? Know yourself, know your worth. <laughs> we hear these things all the time, but sometimes we don't know where to start. That's where I come in. I can get you started. If you reach out your hand, I will grab it. So reach out to me if you need to on Instagram. You can slide into my DMs. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me as well. And I'll put those in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to Single You, the podcast. Rate it or share it with someone you feel could use a message like this. Thank you for listening. And let's get into the episode. Oh, here we are. Part two of From Never Getting Married to happily ever after 10 years in well 10 years married 12 years together it is the wife of andy riggs who i had on last week right episode 21 was with andy his side of the happily ever after story now it's all about ilana and she got married young young okay then she got divorced months later what she found out about her then husband inside the marriage these are things we need to know before we get married. She talks about that. She talks about why they got a divorce, what she did wrong that we need to be writing down so then we don't do wrong. At least do wrong again if you've already done it. Now, she also then talks about the engagement that she had. And she didn't even want to kiss this quote-unquote good man. She talks about that. Why? We go in the detail. Then she talks about, well, her friend Riggs. That's what we call Andy Riggle, her husband, Riggs. She talks about how they went from friendship, that's it, to now this lovely marriage, romance that they are in. It's a wonderful story. How did they transition into lovers? I got to tell you, this is how I want a relationship for me to go. Not the divorce, not the engagement, but how they set up their relationship. I love it. And of course, we talk about her not wanting kids. And they don't have any. Again, 10 years married, no kids, no 
She doesn't have to answer or explain to anybody why she doesn't want kids. But she's my friend, and she said she was comfortable in talking about that. Okay? All right. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. If you have, thank you so much for your support with Single You, the podcast. I don't think I tell you that enough. So thank you so much for listening. Let's get into episode 22, from never getting married again to 10 years in happily married bliss with my friend, Alana. Here we go. So welcome to Single You, the podcast live. Um, always, always the discussion is about how singleness is not a punishment. I love to have conversations about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship because nobody had those conversations. A hundred percent of the people that I ask that question to, they all say no, or not really, or not in depth, um, something of that nature. So last week I had Andy Riggs, Riggs is what I call him, um, right here on the platform, Single You, the podcast live. And I said, okay, Next week, I'm going to talk to your wife, though. <laughs> I need to make sure. That, and here I am. Right. I need to make sure that this relationship is really healthy. And I want to talk to Alana. And you agreed. So yeah. on my screen right now is Alana Riggle. Thank you so Bye. much for coming on the I'm show. I'm really excited to see you, A, and be here and talk about something that's the easiest thing in the world for me to talk to. To talk about really, so right. and I right. say that very confidently, like it really, and it's funny that it's called singleness is not a punishment because even just leading into that, while I was looking at the title, yeah, I was I don't think I would have been ready to meet him until I was ready to just be single forever. I didn't even care because I liked myself, I was happy with myself, and it was actually better than being with a relate in a relationship that just sucked the life out of you. Right. I was, I would have chosen me <laughs> alone. We're totally, I'm going to write that down. If you, ever, if you ever see me looking down, it's because I'm taking notes. We're going to cover that. But first, but first I would love to say how we met. Yeah. Um, so I used to live in Indianapolis and, um, I lived there for five years and there was this woman <laughs> named Ilana and she was a, what was your title? Like a record? A record promotion manager, promotion yeah. marketing for the Midwest. Yeah. For a record. So we had a lot of fun. We enjoyed a lot of concerts and parties together. Um, I know because of you, because you work for the, the music industry, you were record rep and all that. I know that I've met like IS. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I wonder where he is today. Do you know? I don't know, but we were just talking about all that music last night, like how great that year was. 2009 or 10 it was, and it was yeah. like 303, Cobra Starship, I yeah. Kesha, yeah. TikTok Kesha, right? Yeah. yeah. Radio Now, um, 100.9 is where I was in Indianapolis, and we were the first station to play Kesha ever. TikTok was like, and it's crazy that TikTok is like an app now, right? But yeah, but that song, we were the ones to play that. I, Rain, shout out to Rain, my program director at that time. He loved Kesha. Um, and I remember yeah. we had a party with Kesha and I want to say Jason Derulo. Yeah, probably. And we were talking about that song last night too. And yeah. was the first one to play 303 at Top 40 Radio. 
Look at that. We were working. Yeah, we were only working at an alternative radio and right. we started playing it and like, don't trust me. I love it. I love, and we did a like a a concert yeah. like party with 303 because I have pictures yeah. of me and the boys on stage, like the boys of 303, which I think there's still a band, right? Are they still Yeah, they just released something new, I think like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. They're strong. Yeah. Back in the day when um, <laughs> I feel like I was, I always say when I post like throwback pictures of me and like these artists um, that may still be a band or not, I always post in the, the, the status on Facebook or Instagram back when I used to be cool. Cause I feel like <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. Like it's, it's few and far between, well, especially with COVID, but where the artists are traveling to the radio stations to do these events. It's like, all like this now. This yeah. is this is how we do promo tours now even, you know, and virtual I don't know, the the live stream performances and like meet and greets even on Zoom. It's crazy. Was that before COVID or like transcended to another area? You're still cool. Yeah. <laughs> Right. To some people, I'm still uh, cool, but it is. I sometimes I feel like I've lived about five lives. <laughs> That's the business, right? Like just traveling all over this country for radio, and then even before that, I went to you know I'm from Seattle, and I went to D.C. to go to the Howard University, and all of the states that I've lived in, and just it's like, what? Who am I? What's happening? Like I've done so many things already, and I'm only 37. Like it's. Really? it's yeah. This is an adventure. It's good. Exactly. It's really good. So again, um, we are going to discuss, um, last week I talked to your husband um, and I titled the episode, it was um, from Never Getting Married Again to Happily Ever After. And I titled his part one, you're going to be the part two, because um, you kind of have a similar story to Riggs um, where you were engaged and then we're like, you know what, I'm done with that. But then you and Riggs met, right? So let's go back. Let me ask you the first question that I ask everybody. Um, and by the way, can you hear me? Can you please type in the chat that you can hear us? I just want to make sure we're not talking to nobody. <laughs> and I want to see if, I want to see if the chat actually on StreamYard works. So could somebody please comment because I see that there are people watching. Um, and I would love to see if I can actually read your comments. That would be awesome. Um, so yeah, so let's start at the beginning. My first question for you, Alana, is did anybody have the conversation with you when you were younger about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy relationship? No, you, I think, learn from your environment and your personal experience. Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever had that conversation. No. Yeah. And when did you like start dating? Were you a, a, a late bloomer? Were you young? Um, and why? I was a late bloomer. I mean, my, I don't know. I'm an only child. I kind of thought I was a boy until I was about 15. And I, yeah. Like I wouldn't let my mom put me in dresses or anything, which is really ironic because I turned very femme the other way around. But I mean, I played like competitive tennis and I hated when I started you know, developing yeah. and I was like, what can we do about it? Like, it was terrible. I was like, get these away from me. And I didn't, I didn't like boys. I was in my boys are icky phase. I told you forever. I only like to play sports. I was like, 
didn't let my mother brush my hair when I was little, like ever. Sometimes I had to cut it. Because (laughs) things like that. And um, yeah, then I probably started dating later in high school. Okay. I kind of stopped the tennis and was kind of growing up a little bit in my, my feminine self. Yeah, yeah. And how was your experience when you started dating? Were they good experiences, bad? Any stories out of those times and like your high school? Early I think, yeah, I think they were probably, if you don't know any better, like if you had a boyfriend, it just it meant different things at the time. So I don't know. Sometimes it just meant like you hung out, you know, and you're and for, I think I was just really awkward about it. And I always thought it was, either a physical attraction or your friends. Like I never thought you could really be both. You either have to be like one thing to be in a romantic relationship or a separate thing if you guys are just hanging out. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I feel like well I know that. I know that's what I thought as well. Um and Mindy says, hi ladies. Hey Mindy. Um I know that I felt the same because I would always be different in my romantic relationships Yeah, um, because I thought that I had to be what they wanted. Right. Like, oh, I have to, like, keep this man. So let me morph and change into whatever it is he likes. Um, And now I've shifted that to um, after I got out of my abusive relationship in 2017. Now, one of my rules is if we first of all, friends first. and I know we're going to get into that with you and Riggs and how you guys built your friendship up as well. But definitely friends first. And if I can't talk to you and be like I am around my male friends with this romantic partner, then it's just not for me. Um, but that's that's interesting that you and I had that same experience. And I feel like that a lot of women do. We think, oh, we have to be this yeah. thing. You know? That book that came out, The Rules. And like even Dua Lipa's song, New Rules, I Have New Rules, is like from the rule. And it's like, you know, um, yes. an egg timer for how long you should stay on the phone with him. Don't call him back for three days. Like all of this stuff to become this like untouchable woman, right, that they want and like make them want you more and more. But the problem with that and those women actually, ironically, I think are both divorced now, is that you're not yourself. So when yeah. you finally get married, unless you keep up this charade, of who you were pretending to be to make them want you. Yeah. And if you don't keep that up, then yeah, you're not going to live the real you. So exactly. that's exhausting. Who can be fake their whole life? Right. So nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Nobody, even actors, you know, they, they cut <laughs> and get off stage or the movie's over or whatever. Like they, they go back to being themselves. Right. So it's like, nobody wants to act the rest of their life. Um, to being this quote unquote person just to keep this person like that is just uh, or a perfect person like what the media does when they you know alter women's bodies and do all these things or just what we think what we perceive as beautiful just right. the same thing of realized you know is enters relationships when you're young when you're just learning about how to be in them you think oh well, I have to be this like hot like you know, sexy thing. I, 
I, I have to have, you know, perfect breath and like I never, I never ever sleep or, or brush my teeth or really eat messy food or like, you know what I mean? Just you have to like, yeah, you whatever, whatever you think it is, it's just to your environment. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. So when you were dating, do you feel like um, we learned a lot of these things through like movies and, and TV? Yeah. And you know, everybody wanted to be like the movies, right? Like you get into this relationship and you have these butterflies and you're like, yay, now it's time for marriage. Yay, now it's time for babies. And I'm sure you can attest now, like, especially because you've been married for over 10 years. It's not like that. No, it's not like, and they never show like the marriage part is like when they get married, that's usually the end of the movie, right? They don't usually, <laughs> it's usually the happy ending. Oh, I fell in love with my prince and life is going to be great. And they don't show the fights or the family issues that happen or, you know, drama right. of any kind, right. um, illness together or you know, can you have children or not? Or any of those things happen in real marriages. Right, right. We're just living together. Like this whole pandemic, one of the things that everybody's talking about are people are learning, like, who's really can stay together and who can't because you're around each other now, like, all the time. You have to keep it more real, you know? Yeah, yeah. So together. There are so many different things that come into play in a healthy, like, in a, when it's good. And there's so many things we don't see when we think somebody's great together. You don't see behind the curtain. Right. And then it shocks you if they break up or have problems. But those things are all there. Right. I think society puts on relationships that are, are pressure. Like, you right. have to get married. You have to have kids. Exactly. And that's why my whole thing is pushing up against that. Like, I just believe in this season of my life, um, God has me pushing up against um, that narrative. Like the only goal in life for women is to get married and have kids, which is simply just not true. And singleness is not a punishment. And you're worthy regardless of your relationship status. And I can't wait to get to your marriage, but I just like to kind of tell the beginning story and then the relationship that you were in. That was, I, I don't know what to, to, to call it, and I don't know how many you've had, but was there ever a relationship that you felt was dysfunctional, it wasn't healthy, it wasn't right? Oh, yes. And, yeah. So tell us that story. What was that like? How did it start? And, and we'll talk about that. I'll actually tell you about my first one, because I didn't date that much successfully. I just, you know... I wouldn't call it successful dating. Like I'd have boyfriends here and there, dates or whatever in college. But when I, my first like real boyfriend, when I was really young, yeah, I married him. So I had a really young starter marriage because he, and he was much older than me too. He was about 11 or 12 years older than me. And, and how, old were you? how old were you at that time? Really young. I was like when my husband had his first marriage, like 21, 22, like right out of college. Yeah. Because you think you're supposed to. And I actually had, um, I think he told you we have all the religions in our, our lives. So I have a Jewish mother, a Dutch Protestant father who then converted kind of to um, he was actually practicing Buddhism towards the end of his life, and um, but very open-minded. And then my husband's family, who's all Catholic, so we've got all. We have all of them except for Islam in our family. But my mother, so the parents of the bride have the wedding, and I have to say that wedding was like this big 
thing and I didn't even know girl things because I was not girly. So I didn't even know what a bridal shower was because I hadn't had any, any friends that got married. So yeah. I, I was like, this is for me? Oh my God, wait. And I didn't send thank you cards to people who got mad at me because I didn't have any etiquette, right? I didn't know. I just yeah. went to tennis, went to school, did my thing. Like yeah. I just was not a typical girly girl that knows those things or dreamt about her white dress. But I did always want to get married. Yeah. Like, I would go to, I went to my big cousin's weddings and I remember all of them, like, and then pictures and all of them as a kid, like, they're like princesses, they're beautiful, they're like, oh, can I touch you? Like, they're like celebrities to me. They're, yeah. they're brides, but I was little, you know, like eight, you know, nine, ten years old. So I always did kind of want to get married. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that maternal gene never kicked in, but the marriage one did. Right. So, um, I had this big elaborate wedding that was mostly for my mom, I think, than, than me and my family, mostly for my family. And I don't regret it because it was a really amazing gathering of family that we just yeah. don't do in life that much because we all live far away from each other. So it was really gave us some great memories. But I found out actually on the wedding night because I didn't know very much. I don't know how much I can say, but basically I found out my husband had a drug problem, my now husband. And I didn't know anything about addiction at that time of my life. You're 21. Who does? You're 21 at this time. I didn't know anything about it. And on our wedding night, it turns out he had been through rehab and he was clean for the whole time that we were dating, which was wow. a couple of years. So he just, I didn't know there was something called a relapse. <laughs> and I watched my husband on our wedding night. Somebody gave him some drugs that he did. And he was like, you don't understand. I can never do this again ever in my life. And I'm like, okay. I'm like in the hot tub. I'm just like, okay, come, come in the, the bath when you're ready. I'm like having a good time by myself in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and, there was, and then like, I remember I went to get dinner because he was so just, weird you know on the drugs and I had not seen that part of him and wow. it went downhill really fast and I learned really fast and within eight months of marriage I said no I said no you're never going to be the father of my children I want you out yes and yes. I'm one that lost everything in that marriage. I just like he took I was just very naive and young and I married my first boyfriend and I learned a lot from that but yeah. that's something that I don't really share because it's such a long story. But since I'm honest with you and you're my friend and we're doing this and it's about coming out of unhealthy relationships, right? And being okay on your own and the difference between a good one and a bad one and what you have to learn sometimes to welcome the good ones into your life. But I was really scared and I was like, and he also oh, blamed my job that I, I was traveling for work because I've always done record. Promo. So he's like, well, I can't be alone. You're always gone. I'm so young. I don't know. I'm like 23 at this point. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, I guess it's my fault. So I quit my job. And then I had nothing, you know, nothing. I had to, then he got fired for, so we had like nothing. And it was like, just get out. And I, got a job, a good job pretty quick, um, out of the business, actually, the music business. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, it was just really weird, but I was scared. I was like, I got to pay 
for everything. I I was co-signer on his car lease, so he left oh. for me. Like, I mean, he just like left me with debt. Like, and I was like, I don't care. Just get out of my wow. life. Right. So yeah. I'm really proud of myself that I did that too. Wow. So I have some, right, because you got out in eight months. Dude, I was in my stupid, abusive relationship for two years. And I know that there are women who are still in those relationships. And that's why we do this, because I, I, I'm hoping that, um, and I've, I've heard from a few women that they have left because of the work that I'm doing. And, and that is what I, that is why I have this platform, because if I can just drop seeds of hope for women to get out, never get in to heal from that. It's like, there is no greater joy than when my clients come back to me and say, you have helped me do this, or now I know that I'm worthy. Now I know um, I don't need a man to feel like I'm worthy um, because that's where we are when we're young, right? When we don't have these conversations and some of us never learn, but we think that the man makes us worthy. Do you feel like you felt that when you were that? 100%. You feel all automatically like, oh, you're cool. People want to be with you. So you're, you must be cool because this guy yeah. desires you. Yeah. It's so crazy to have that. Um, I'm working a song that's coming out tomorrow, actually, from a very special artist named Dea. You might know her. Uh -huh. but, um, yeah, the song is called bad girl she posted it so i can say it. she just posted okay. it tonight yeah. tomorrow. but um the song is really about her coming into her own because she was only 16 when she had all those you know top 10 songs and like selling winning a grammy and doing all these amazing things and you're around all this excitement and you're a teenager so you kind of have to grow into yourself mm -hmm. and um she came out as uh openly bisexual and just basically found out that she didn't need to validate her femininity from a man by a man, by a man. So like at that age, she also was getting that feeling too. It seems like, you know, where she had to, a man was who needed to make her feel like a woman, but she actually found an amazing relationship with a woman that made her feel the most feminine and beautiful that she's ever felt. Yeah. So, yeah. She had to grow out of the unhealthy kind of, you know, just the physical attraction or the men and making her feel like a, she didn't, she had to grow out of feeling like she needed them for that reason. Exactly. Which is natural, I think, just because of what we see in our society every day, you know? Well, absolutely. It's movies, Disney. And then if we don't have the conversations, right? So like right. if, if nobody is telling us this is fake, sweetheart. But let me tell you the real deal and look out for this character. And if he does this, you need to leave. And da -da, like if somebody would have told you about drug habits early on, you probably would have dodged that. Like, oh, you, and, and you also right. didn't even know he was on drugs. Um, so it, it's like, it, I wasn't even a big drinker. So I didn't really see any like big patterns. So it's crazy. Yeah. You can really be surprised by things like that. Right, right. I want to go back to when you said you thought that you had to. So you felt like you had to get married. Like, well, that's the goal. Everybody wants me to do it. So I'm going to do it. A hundred percent. I did want to get married, right. but I felt like, oh my God, I have to do this. We have to have the big, this kind of wedding. We have to right. do this. 
I still didn't really know about a bridal shower, which was weird. I just I just knew about the wedding, you know. I knew about bachelorette parties, and I'd heard of them, but it just wasn't a part of my life or any of my friends' lives at that point. Right, so right. There was, like, the first one down, I guess, and I was like, oh, all oh, this is for me? Like, wow. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's what – so when I was growing up, I never saw – a woman my age that I am now. So I'm 37 now, but when I was 15, I never saw a 37 year old woman with no kids and not married. So that's where we get that idea from. Again, if nobody's having conversations with us to say, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be um, a cat lady. You can be in the record, in the music industry. You can be, you don't have to do this. And even if it's your desire to get married, let's talk about healthy ways, healthy um uh, marriages and healthy relationships and how to build a relationship with a guy. Do you feel like if you had those conversations when you were younger, you would have maybe bypassed a lot of the stuff that you've been through? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Any of those words that came out of your mouth just now, it would have, I'm sure it would have resonated with me, but in my, I was like you, I mean, I just, I was like, Oh, I, I think I should, I would like to get married when I'm 26 because that'll be old enough to have my career first. I mean, like, no. Like, then I remember actually when I turned 30, I was so excited because I was actually free from that bad relationship and other ones I had had after him. Like, because, you know, I didn't have these great dating experiences. And I just remember turning 30, which normally you would think of such an old relationship. And I was dating a guy who was 26, and he was introducing me to his friends, like, dude, she's 30. Like, <laughs> like she's 30, right? Like, it's an older woman, too, right? Right. So, that's what you think. And I just remember it was like, I used to want to get married when I was 26, by the time I was 26. Now I'm turning 30, and I feel like my whole life is just going to begin. I just learned so much about what I don't want and what I don't want to deal with. Yeah. I still was not there yet. I still had to go through another, like, as you know, engagement. Right. But um, also the wrong person, but not a bad person. <laughs> it had a lot of the qualities of what you would want in a healthy relationship, just not everything. Right, and, right. So it, it just, I remember feeling like 30 was the most happy birthday of my life because I was just like, had made money back from my divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, and these things, because he actually dragged me out for two years. It was not, you know, so annoying. I was like, freedom. Yeah. So I wanted to um, go back to him. Then we're going to transition into getting out of that last engagement and then to Riggs. And you're happily ever after now, your 10 year, well, 12 year relationship, 10 years married um, to Riggs, who is your husband. Well, Andy. Um, but in the radio world, we call him Riggs. But but before we transition to that, there are two things I want to ask you. One is, did you always, just on a side note, did you always want to be in the music industry? Did you know that early on? No, kind of an accident also. But that's life brings you, like the happiest accidents sometimes. (laughs) I was a marine biology major. That's why I went to Miami. music business by taking an elective class in telecommunications where... The teacher liked me and this other girl's work. And like one of the people that came to work with our class had a local TV show that she did called Music Miami. And we started working on that with her. 
and it gave us all this experience. And I used to call record labels to get interviews and stuff and go. And I wasn't old enough to be in the clubs, but my partner was, so it was Miami. So she would do like live remotes from like South Beach and stuff. And I would do all the geeky stuff, like the behind the scenes stuff. But all those people I called at the record labels, I wound up like getting an internship and wow. then becoming a college rep and then becoming, having a job and, and here I am. And I love, I've been with the same bosses like my whole life. It was oh, the happiest accident ever. Right. No, that is cool. That means you're really smart too. I love that. Okay. Yeah, so once you open the door, you always have to push your way in, right? You right. get the door open and you have to try. Right. Of course. Um, thank you for everybody who's watching, whether you're watching um, here live or in the replay. Um, I would love to see the answers to the questions that are on the screen in the chat. Um, and also please share the video um, whenever you're watching this. I don't care if it's 10 weeks from now, five years from now, please share the video. Um, it definitely helps with the algorithm on Facebook. So thank you so much for watching. Okay. So my next question and then we'll transition is, um, I heard you say you learned what you don't want. Can you name a few, maybe like three, like things that you knew coming out of that relationship um, or even the the one that we're about to talk about, the engagement one, like three things you know that you don't want that maybe we should watch out for as single women. Yes, this is, there are so many things I could say right now. This is right, right. I could say just three of the most important ones. But one, I will say, pay attention to how he makes you feel. Mm, mm. First and foremost, like how you feel around him, how he makes you feel. Because if he makes you feel confident, comfortable, and you're not pretending to be someone else, like we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. like doing too much or doing, you know, just how he makes you feel. If he's not calling you or not, trying and you're finding yourself having to put more into the relationship than he's giving, that's a big red flag. And, and that's going to make you feel insecure. So if your body is telling you you're having feelings of insecurity, you're probably right. Trust your gut. And that means that um, he's not going to make you feel good maybe because it's just his way, even if you have good moments. Pay attention yeah. to signs where you don't feel like good around yeah. him. You don't trust him or there's something going on. Is If a guy wants to call you, my grandma always used to say, if a guy wants to get in touch with you, wild horses won't stop you. Because I used to be in my grandma's house in Miami. being like, well, I'm waiting for so-and-so to call. And I met this and so-and-so. So, but he's like, she's like, honey, if a guy wants to call you, he'll call you. I will never be waiting for yeah. yeah, she was like, wild horses won't stop. Yeah, that's so true. I just want to pause you right there because that's such a good tip about the pay attention to how he makes you feel. Yeah. I know my like my abusive ex always made, it was heavy. It was so heavy and I always felt like I was doing something wrong. Um, and we need to pay attention to that more than the good stuff. Like in, in there, you said it, even through the good stuff, something like that that we need to pay. Cause I think that's why we hold on a lot. We're like, but when he's happy, it's really good. Or we have these good moments. I don't want good moments. I want a good life with you. 
I'm not, I'm not grasping at straws anymore. I'm not going for the moments or, oh, two weeks ago, he was really nice. I hope I can get back to that. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, and also my auntie Latanya is watching and she said, that was good. That's a good tip. All right, tip number two now. That's true. Like, it, I'm going to add one more. Like, you yeah. know, if it makes you feel like you're walking on eggshells, egg like just pay attention to your feelings. Because if you feel like you're walking on eggshells, then he, he's making you feel like you're not doing any, everything right or all these things. Like, just number one, yes, pay attention to how he makes you feel. Right, right. Smart. So, you know, everybody's smart about themselves, whether they know it or not. Um, number two, I think, is... For what I don't want, gosh, someone really needy, like <laughs> someone that needs like the same thing from me, like just a lot of emotional reassurance, constant talking. Like if you're having these emotional conversations that just suck the life of you out of yeah. you all the time about his feelings. I guess this is like an episode of Sex in the City. You could say like, oh, Mr. Feeling, Mr. Yeah. Feelings all the time, feelings. Like right. if he gets too intense too about it and he's just so needy, like I need you to do this, I need you to do that. It doesn't even have to be emotional. Even like, I need you to be here with me. I need you to go there with me. I need you to need. Too much need is not healthy. Ooh, that's so good. I will also say, shout out to my Aunt Latanya for telling me this when I was like 25. Um, and I wish I understood what it meant back then. But she said, you need a busy man. That's what you need. You're like me. You need yeah. a busy man. Um, and, and now I know what that means. Um, and, and that you're so right. To I don't want somebody who is always like, you have to be with me all the time. Where are you going? What you doing? What's happening? What's that? Are you my dad? I, you know. So, yeah. So maybe number three, and then we'll get to the engagement and then your happy, your happy life now with your husband. Number three, I think, and this is, can kind of be tied into number two, because that behavior we just talked about is actually really self-centered. So it's very selfish. Yes. Attention to how he treats other people. So like I dated this guy that was everything I wanted, like on my checklist externally, but yeah. he treated this, he would treat servers at restaurants. Like he would talk down to them and treat them horribly. Like he would talk down to them, like in a way that was sometimes embarrassing for me. And I'm like, listen, like, and that meant that he had a lot of that inside of him. So that was like anger. I dated this guy for probably almost a year. So it was a long time. But he was like, the good times were so good and this and that. But another needy, another it had to be like what his agenda. But the way he talked to people was he had this in him. Yeah. Yeah. No. We, we actually would fight and it would come out. Yep. Yeah. Because how you are with I mean, there's that quote that says how you um, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I will even add how you are with, um, you know, the waiters or whatever. Some people is the way you're going to be with me the day I piss you off. Like you're just happy with me because it's a happy moment right now. Um, and that is that helps us with judging of character. And we get to say and it's not about judging them, but I get to say I get to say, you know what? That's not I'm, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. You get to say that. And I know I think sometimes 
well, I know this because this is how I felt. You feel like if you break up with him or you don't want to be with a guy like that, you feel like you're judging. And especially if you're a Christian like I am, you, you, you know, you're like, well, God wants me to love everybody. And so when you don't really understand that concept, you just are with anybody like, well, he picked me. So I'm going to be with him and then I'm going to work. We're going to work through it. And you try to stick things out because you think that that's what you're supposed to do. He wants to be with you, so why wouldn't you want to be with him, right? Right, right. right. That's also part of, when you say character, I'll say the other thing, like my biggest pet peeve, and it happens to be my husband's too, are lies of any kind, you know? So that's also character. There's no... No white lies are good. Like if you if you watch it, how if he can lie to other people or t- like comfortably and he doesn't flinch, like that's dishonesty. And those are the people that will cheat on you. And those are the because they have no problem telling a lie. Oh. And my first, I call him my ex encounter, my first marital encounter. He wasn't a husband. <laughs> when my first marital encounter happened, and. He lied to me so easily about the drugs, like lied to me. There was a lot of drama. It could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> when I found out how much he was lying to me, I, I, I beat him. I, I hit him. Like, I was just, are you serious? You lied. That's how, and I'm not that kind of a person. So he brought that out of you. Yeah. For that feeling to make me want to hit him like that for, for lying like that to that degree. But, he was lying all along comfortably. So I just didn't see that there was anything wrong with those lies. There's no difference between lies to me. So. Dr. Phil says that too. Like just because you caught them in a lie once doesn't mean that's the only time they've lied to you. That's right. And again, that's character. But because we don't know, we don't know psychology. We don't know life. Like not only are we not having conversations about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy, we're not even having conversations about human nature and psychology because you're so right. If you can lie again, the same thread, if you can lie to whoever and it's a little white lie, or you tell me a little white lie, you're going to do it again. You just are. So it is up to me to figure, to see that and go, you know what, do I want to be a part of this or not? Do I want to be a part of this or not? Okay. No. So th- those are, I wrote all that down. Those are so good. Okay. So let's move on to, cause we only have like, 20 minutes left. These always go longer than I, I know. Well, one thing I do have to add though, because it is, it is like part of that lie. Like my first husband said he would, he would never have cheated on me ever. And I knew that he was like crazy about me, but I said, there is no difference to me. I, I used to have nightmares that he was cheating all the time because to me in my subconscious mind, it does, it doesn't differentiate between the lies. So I really felt to my core he would not the level of like he he did really want to be with me. But the fact that you're lying about drugs, I draw no difference between that lie and and infidelity. So I that's my personal. Yeah, and also like the fact that he brought that out in you. I don't I don't want to miss that either. Like if if not only should you pay attention to the way he makes you feel, what is he, what side of you is he bringing out in you? So if I want to hit you, which I've been there before too. I have, I haven't hit him, but I have wanted to, um, these exes, especially my $10,000 boyfriend. I wanted to slash his tires of his Hellcat because that was his baby. Right. But I didn't do it. But, but the fact that he was bringing that out in me, it's like, yes, nope, I can't, I shouldn't do it. 
no, I want somebody who's going to call me to my higher self. And this, this is low vibration. Like I'm cool. (laughs) Oh, all right. So let's skip ahead a couple of years and you get into, you're in the record industry, you're doing your thing, you're traveling all over the country. Um, And I know that you met Riggs at a music thing and he was engaged or married at the time and you were engaged. Yes. You were having doubts of that engagement what was going on in that relationship where you were like I don't know if this is the guy for me this is gonna flow so well with everything we just led up to because basically my aunties would be like well you're too critical you you'll never be happy you have to compromise with who you're with right so I, I met this guy we totally clicked we were friends we got on a trip with our moms you know we were both with our moms and I just had, I think I fell in love with his mom first, to be honest with you. So I like, I wound up liking him too. And I loved being around him. And we like hung out the whole trip. I didn't even know he thought of me that way. And the last night he like went to kiss me and I like kissed him. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I like you. We're leaving tomorrow. But we really, it was like just a little like, we a little make out and went to our rooms. And then he drove me to the airport the next day. And he was like, I really would like to, you know, keep in touch. And so we kept in touch. And he like, we started this long distance thing. And he like, was kind of moving fast. But he like, was so into it. And I'm like, I don't know. I just work all the time. I don't date. This guy makes me happy. I'll hang out with him. It's mostly on the phone because we didn't live in the same city. Right. He moved closer to me to like date me. So we started, I was in Miami, got to Jacksonville. Long story short, he like progresses the relationship. He's visiting me all the time and he's the nicest guy and he's cute, whatever. He's fine. Family met him. I just never, I loved being with him. He made me really happy, but I never wanted to kiss him so I didn't have the attraction but I thought oh everybody's like well you don't know how to you can't have it all you know you want to get married or not you're in your 30s come on like what you know if you're gonna get into a happy relationship and have children which I never really wanted but like if you're gonna have you've got to just make a compromise he's a good guy he's a good guy everybody likes him okay he proposed I said, okay. I still was like, it's not growing on me. It's not growing on me. I told my grandma. And when I told my grandma, she goes, oh, honey, you got to want to kiss him. That's not not good. You can't marry him if you don't want to kiss him. And I would make things up since we were only together on weekends. I would always be like, oh, I just, I'm so tired. Let's just watch this movie and go to bed. Or let's, and it was only two days and I just never wanted to like get romantic with him. And we were engaged. Then he lost his job, moved to, here's where I believe in fate, long story short, moved to Indianapolis where he's from. Um, the Midwest position opens up at my record label, which never happens. There's only like eight of us in the company. Right. So that to even happen is weird. Yeah. I got to go cover the Midwest. I said, I just want to figure out if I want to marry this guy or not. And I can learn a new territory. So it'll be good either way. I got yeah. to Indianapolis after like a month. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I really don't want to marry in the meantime, Riggs, who I had met, like we were really good friends. Yeah. And I like went through his whole divorce with him. He was breakup I'm about to have because he moved back home to Indianapolis. So he went through the whole breakup with this guy, which was 
I didn't want to marry him. It just, yeah. I blamed it. You blame it on, oh, it's long distance. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. But no, my gut inside and grandma said, no, that's not good. And yeah. Proximity won't change it. Well, and then did you I also, yeah, did you also think like, okay, but this is a good guy. I'm supposed to like him. Yes. That's what I thought the whole time. That's why this flows with the conversation. Like this guy checks all the boxes. Like it'll grow. I'll grow. I'll grow to love him. You know, did my parents have that? I don't know. You know, you just, things like that. You just, it's your environment. So you're like. There, there is a message in there from what you're saying. Like when, you, even if he is a good guy, and I say this to my clients all the time too. Even if he's a good guy, it doesn't mean he's the guy for you. Yeah. It, that doesn't matter. Like you have to actually like him as too, because or you actually have to like him as well. And we don't want men to use us for company. So don't be using him for company as well. So if you're not attracted to him, your gut is telling you he ain't the one. Bye. Like, but again, we feel bad if we want to break up with somebody. I that's I guess that's just I thought what's wrong with me that I just don't like good guys. I like I only like the bad guys. So that's why I can't have a healthy relationship. But it isn't true. And I would have chosen myself with him very clearly. We even went to counseling together and yeah. and it was just a, a just after moving in together for one month. Yeah. I was so stressed out. And there's a book and I can't remember what it was called, but it put it really well. And it was like a healthy relationship. People always say like, you complete me. Like you're my other half to my circle. Like there's two two halves of a circle. No, they said the healthy relationship are two full circles that come together. And when they lay on top of each other, they become a stronger, thicker circle that can withstand things together. But you have to be complete in yourself. So you can't question yourself like that, which I learned also from, you know, that was family pressure. What's wrong with you? You don't like a good guy. You'll never get married. As if being single, again, singleness is not a punishment and society says, like, yeah, I've heard men say, well, that's why you're single or people Mm -hmm. say that to me. And I'm just like, as because that's a pun, I'm confused. And it used to affect me. Now it doesn't. Like I laugh now and I go, thank you. Like I just, exactly. That's exactly, you're right. That's exactly why I'm single because I'm not going to settle for garbage as I have been in the past. I've learned the lesson. I've touched the hot stove enough. It's hot. I'm done. So using that as a target, as a dig for single women is so disrespectful. And I wish that, I wish parents, grandparents, cousins, everybody would stop that. Stop it. You'll never get married. You should be, so what? But that's not your natural response. Your yeah. your natural response, if you don't know, is like, oh, my God, I'm going to be single? So what? Yeah, yeah like, oh, especially when you feel happier that way than being with somebody that doesn't make you happy. Right, like, right. I would rather be single than be in a relationship miserable because society told me single was the worst thing. No. Yeah. The worst thing is being in a relationship and you're miserable. I have company, but I'm mad. Like, what What kind of sense does that make? But again, no judgment because I was there, right? It's like, ugh. Okay, let's yeah. do, um, when you were building a friendship with Riggs, 
I do. I love that Riggs last week said that you guys were really just friends. Like there was no boundaries crossed, nothing. You really saw him as a friend. You had no feelings there or anything. Not at all. Well, he was in radio, so I don't date radio because I work with him. Right. <laughs> it was a totally different box. Right. But a little older than him. We were different religions. Like all these things that society again tells you, you can't, you can't, it's, it's not, it's not good. Right. Right. But right. I'm like, I got along with him so well. We clicked right away. I didn't know that he thought about me that way because I joined one of those online dating services at the time. It was pre-Tinder. So it was really like eHarmony or something. Yeah. I took long at quiz and just, I was like, I had the worst dates and I would like hang out with him after my dates and we'd like name them and have a great time and like hang out. And then one night he was like, Tonight's it you have like more fun with me than any of those guys. Like tonight is a date. I'm paying. And I'm like, oh I was like you can pay, but this is not a date. And I gave him like the friend hug to have the the friend hug tonight, you know? Yeah. And then he was persistent. It was actually a couple weeks later. We went to the we had our favorite Irish bar that we used to hang out with. Uh, hang out in Indianapolis, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, the Irish bar. This is back when he called you the Duchess. Like yeah. when, he, when he talked about you, either on air or in front of us, like he would call you that, and then we all like put it together, like, oh, okay, because we knew you, right? Like, so <laughs> it's funny that you moved to Indianapolis for another guy, but it's like I wouldn't have met you if that didn't happen, and you and Riggs wouldn't be a thing. So, you know, I guess everything happens for a reason. But anyway, I just wanted to say that your nickname was the Duchess, and I always loved that. That was so cute. Okay, so anyway, so he says the date. You guys are like this. This whole thing is like it made me believe in fate, like no other. Because, like I said, the chances of all of these things happening at the same time or so like slim to none you know so like he yeah we hung out and then a couple nights later I was coming back from an exciting road trip to Peoria Illinois <laughs> and he's like meet me at the marriage club I'm like oh I'm at Target I'm so right. tired and uh and I wound up going because I don't really know anybody in Indy we have to remember I moved there for another guy who was like a one of the really needy kinds yeah. which should have been a red flag when he moved across the country to date me. Right. But <laughs> and, uh, pay attention, ladies. <laughs> they show you, they show you who they are. <laughs> I can do long distance. I'm cool with that. So we can marry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I went and I hung out with him, had a great time. And yeah. that night he went in for the kiss and we made out until the sun came up at that Irish bar. <laughs> like the best thing I was like oh my god like you I was like you I'm having chemistry with you like I want to make out with you and I never wanted to make out with my ex-fiance at all that, like, you know what? My, cousin, <laughs> my cousin Shanice said the same thing about her now fiance they're getting married I have her little invitation over here June 19th and she said the same thing she was like it's Jacor. Like I couldn't believe it was him, but she loves him so much, and he's so good to her. So it's funny that you say that. Um, okay, so I want to kind of backtrack. Okay, not not really backtrack, but maybe um, I want to name some things that were different about Riggs. Um, because again, if you're just tuning in here on the live or um, in the replay, you know that Riggs and uh, Alana have been together for 12 years, married for 10, happily married. Um, 
So I want to know in the beginning, what did you notice that was different with Riggs than any of these other guys? If you can name a few, maybe like, I like three. Three is my favorite number, I guess. I don't know. But if maybe there's a few things that maybe we as single women should look out for or maybe how you felt or whatever. I would say one, like, be open to guys that you already are yourself with and that are friends because that's glare. I was totally myself. He made me laugh. I wasn't watching myself in all the same ways as I was with the other ones like you described, you know, where you have to feel like you have to be something you're not or be like wearing your best outfit or what, like, he brought me birthday fruit once like and I was like working from home it was a snow I had like my least favorite sweatpants my hair up no makeup and he thought I was beautiful you know like he just was like what like he didn't even understand like why I was like you didn't tell me you were coming over you know and this was like after we became romantic and I was like ah but I was just totally myself. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I don't look that different, but especially moving up to the Midwest from my, in Miami, girl, yeah. grocery store with full makeup, right? Oh, so it's totally different. My, Miami is like LA in that way. It's like yeah. Barbie dolls walking around, yeah. So I was like, you know, you really put yourself out there for guys you were being. We're not natural. Like you were playing those games, like the rules and all that stuff was really popular. So I was totally my around him and just had a great time with him and it, he always made me feel good and I was like okay but I was I was older than him so I'm like in different religions and I'm still not open to him the second thing is that because of that friendship I already knew that he was a really good person like he's a good person there's not an ounce of my body that doesn't trust him yeah 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 not one, I never got that feeling that even if you don't know for sure, if you're feeling insecure about who you're with or you don't trust, there's no, you know, you're wondering, he's not being communicative. Um, that's a red flag, you know, and the fact that I knew he was a good person, I never, I never had the same worries as I did with other guys with yeah. him, ever, not even a little bit. Yeah. I was, I was attracted. I didn't worry or trust him. And the third thing I have ready to go. <laughs> well, oh, you can go ahead and say your, your third thing. And then I have a question because it's been kind of a common theme through the women who are in happy relationships. So I'll ask you after your third thing. So what's the third thing? Third thing, by far, communication. Like, because we talk and we are friends, we talk about everything. Like, we don't. We don't really fight because we just talk. We just, we're, we don't hold things in. I noticed in his family when I started dating him that they hold a lot in and there's a lot of kind of passive aggression, I, I call it, you know, because they hold things in, they don't talk about things that really need to be talked about. Like even, you know, Who's paying for school? Who's doing this? Big and important life things because nobody wants to upset the apple cart, so to speak. Everybody kind of treads very lightly. Yeah. But if they would communicate more, it probably, you know, he, he, he grew up with a little of that in him. Mm -hmm. Where I know he held in a lot in his ex marriage. Yeah. And he could do on something. So as we, as our friendship even became 
good when we started meeting. I just, I always, I think I pointed it out to him even when we were just friends. I'm like, you have to say how you feel, you know, because nobody's really a mind reader. So if you have anything come up at all, we just talk about it. And as soon as you talk about it, it, it doesn't, you don't have to please that person all the time. So you can be like, you know, when you did that, that was kind of, you know, kind of hurt my feelings or, you know, yeah. there and, you know, this or that, whatever. It didn't make me feel good. And when you said something like this, it didn't make me feel good. And we've had things as, as small as that. When you said that that way in public, that didn't make me feel good. You yeah. know, you're learning each other in a romantic way, too. Yeah. So when you go from friends to romance, those things come out. And because of that, I don't think we've ever really had a real like argument because it doesn't get that far. Yeah. Acknowledging, okay, I, I didn't think about it that way. You know, we just say, we say reverse it. So how would that make you feel if you were me? And it's usually like, oh, wow. Yeah. I get, I get how that might not have made you feel right. We say reverse it. it. (laughs) Right. Okay, so this is what I was going to ask you. So do you feel like when you were like, oh, my God, it's rigs, this is happening, did it feel peaceful? Yes. I'm telling you, like, from you to Shanice, my friend Day, to to even, I think I even asked Riggs that. Um, It it is, that is something that I am um, looking for. And if I don't have that, then I guess single for life, whatever. (laughs) It's not like God goes, oh, you didn't get married on earth. You can't come into heaven, like whatever. Um, Okay, so. But on that front, though, it's, don't pay attention to it right away. Because for me, I was like, I'm freaking out. but. I wasn't freaking out as much as I thought I would. And that was my level of peace that just became more and more peaceful. Yeah. So don't be hard on yourself if it's not immediate, I would say. Why would you, why were you freaking out? Because it was your friend? Yeah, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember the first time we slept over and we made cupcakes. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like why you? <laughs> But honestly, I would rather that than when you were engaged to the guy and you're like, I don't even want to kiss him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I would take that anytime. And I still couldn't wait for him to talk. And we just like, we already were talking so much that we just talked more and better. It was very natural. So, yes, to that answer. Like, it felt very peaceful. It, it was easy. It was yeah. very easy. I love it. Well, I, I definitely know that we got a lot of tips out of this episode. Um, now there are um, two more things that I want to get to. Um, when you guys started dating or maybe in the friendship, you had this conversation because you've said it a couple of times. And obviously I know this cause I'm your friend. Yeah. You don't have any kids. And no. you said that you never really felt that maternal instinct. No. So how did that conversation with you and Riggs come up? Because now we're ten, 12 years into this relationship and no kids. And you're still on that journey of no kids. I don't want kids. I'm cool. So how yeah. did that conversation come up? And it's one that you have to have. One of my best friends got divorced because after two years of marriage, she wanted kids and he didn't. And I'm like, you did not talk about this. Like, but it was more of the like, well, she, nobody wanted to upset the apple cart kind of thing. It's like, we're yeah. I quote my grandma so much. <laughs> grandma, that's a grandma phrase. Nobody right. wants to upset the apple cart. But it's true. You have to have the conversation. So 
we, because we were friends, and when you're comfortable with somebody who's your significant other, and there is no game playing or things that you do in other relationships, when it's you're with the right person, you you usually both know if you both want to get married again. It's easy to say, like, well, do you see yourself being married again? Like, do you want to? Yes, we both wanted to. Yeah. That came out comfortably. And we were like, kids, where do you stand on kids? It just, like, came right out, you know, like, in a movie. I don't know. It came right out. And he was like, I have to tell you right now, I want to get married again, but I do not want kids because he raised his three halves half sisters mm-hmm. you know that's how he spent his teen years and that's why he's actually a mature guy for as immature as it sounds sometimes right, right. <laughs> he's a guy he like did a lot of really responsible things but um when he said that i had this like relief come over me because i always thought well you know i'll just have to do it because i'm sure if it happens to me i'll be fine with it and yeah. you know, i just i just never wanted it really and I had a couple of scares, actually, where I was never more terrified in my life because I really, deep down, don't want that. But I thought I had to. Yeah, so I dated a guy, well, do you want kids, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. Never thinking it's even going to get that far. So I don't, you know, but I never really did. And I told, you know, my mom always thought I did. My family always thought I did because I never came out and said I didn't. But when he said he didn't, I was like, thank you, God. I like, if you're okay, like, I really don't want, like, pregnancy terrifies me. I just don't want, I, I don't know. I'm an only child. I'm the youngest of all the cousins. I don't even know how to change a diaper like he does. I don't know how to, how to be with kids. I'm not really even comfortable around them for very long periods of time. I love them, and I love to play with them. And this was, like, more in my early life. As I'm older now, I love being with kids, so I don't want to. Yeah, you put that out there, but I just didn't have that maternal instinct. Yeah, I and I think that's it's it is sad, right? Because again, society, whatever we blame everything on society, of course, but makes women feel like the goal in life. Yeah, get married and have kids, and you do it in that order. Get married, you have kids. Do it in that order. If you don't do it in that order, and you don't get it, you are the scum of this earth. So it just it's it's sad to me. I, I hate that you felt like. Um, and I've heard this from women before, but that you felt like you couldn't even say out loud, I don't want kids. But thank God that you were provided a man, whatever, I don't know how, whatever word you use there, that was like, yeah, so I don't want kids. <laughs> and the relief that you felt is so beautiful. I love it. I felt relief. And it's not like, and I would try, like I taught swim board in college where I taught like two-year-olds, my favorite group. I loved the two-year-olds, and I lived for this little boy named TJ. Every day I got so excited to see TJ. I could not wait to see TJ, but I still didn't want to be TJ's mom. Like, I just wanted to teach him how to swim and, and play with him and give him love and then, you know, see him again the next day. <laughs> I never had that instinct, like, oh, as much as I love to be with these babies that I wanted one. Yeah. Yeah, it might be too late for me. I don't know. I don't, like, no. it, for me, I don't really care. I don't care. I, I honestly, I just, I don't care either way. It's not going to make me feel less than a woman <laughs> if I don't have kids. And I think some women are there where Do they you have desire. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like you, like I've, I've, and, and rigs, like I've babysat my whole life. So it's not something that I feel like I need. I do think that if I found 
if I met a guy who was for me and I felt like this is who God has for me, um, that's when I'll make the decision. That's That's healthy though, because you can also adopt. I mean, there are just so many options now. And that's how I felt too. Like, you know, maybe it'll hit me later in life. I can always adopt, but it's hitting me right now. And you just can go with your, who you are right now. You know, that's all you can do. Exactly. And I want that for everybody. I, I wish that we lived in the moment more instead of wanting this relationship and wanting these kids that you think you're supposed to have, or you think you're supposed to be in this marriage that you're not even happy with who you are now. So that's what I wanted to to touch on before we, we end out our, our conversation. Um, because earlier you touched on it, but I want to get into that more about, you know, singleness is not a punishment. What comes up for you when, you know, cause that's my slogan, right? So what comes up for you when you hear that? What would you want to tell a woman who's single right now and she hates it? She's miserable. She wishes she had this guy. What would you say to her? I know it's easy when you're with somebody, but I, God's honest truth was ready to be. I didn't care if I met my significant other playing shuffleboard in my golden years on a cruise ship by the time I got out of that, that engagement. I just wanted to be with myself because it made me feel happier and better. And there is no definite, like a family is in so many forms nowadays. Families can be a woman and her cat. Families can be, it's me, my husband and Samson, our dog. That's my family. You know, I I don't, a a family can be a woman and her child, a man and his child, a a man and his brother, two women. And it, it just, there's so many forms of a family. A family could be, a, a guy and his dog, a girl and her dog. That's your family. Me you and know? my two dogs. <laughs> but that's your family now, you know? But you have extended family. And even if you don't, your friends are, fa- family can be friends. Family is just defined in so many different ways now. And it shouldn't have that pressure or stigma. I feel like people are so open now. I mean, now that we follow a child free by choice on Instagram. There are groups or people, we started meeting other couples that also didn't want to have children and they were really happy and in love for years. Like when we moved to Milwaukee, our first couple of friends were like, they've been married for longer than us. And we're like, we don't want kids. And they're like, no, we don't. We're like, really? Can we hang out? (laughs) But it was just like, it surprised us to meet so many couples that didn't have kids or one had a kid from a previous marriage or somebody always has a child, usually in a happy relationship, whether it's their current relationship or not somehow, usually. And, and what I tell my, my clients and what I put out there on my platforms is you need to focus on cultivating your life. What type of life do you want? Stop waiting for this guy. TD Jake's, I don't know if you know who T.D. Jakes is, but he's a, a pat like he's one of the biggest pastors. And he says, you know, he finds that a lot of single people aren't living. They're just waiting, waiting for the guy, waiting, 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 waiting. When is she, when is she going to come? When is he going to come? When is da, 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 da. We need to learn how to live with intention, regardless of what phase we're in. Right. Like so if you're single right now, figure that out. Live with intention. Um, manifest the things that you want. And also one of the things that I started doing in 2017 was really focusing on my friendships and cultivating really good friendships. So like you said, when I am gray haired, 
playing shuffleboard on the cruise. <laughs> I'm probably doing it with my crew who's doing the same thing. I, I just. That's it, your family and there's nothing wrong with that either. Like there is nothing. I know group. Look at the Golden Girls. Yeah. Your family, right? Right. And only two of them are related. Right. So it, it, you just, it's your family is who you put, who you put around yourself. And yeah. if you you can have family that's unhealthy. You have to surround yourself with some healthy people to balance that out too. You know, just you can only control what you can control. You can't control that other guy that whether he's going to come in or not. Nope. So if you're waiting for something that you can't control, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna be waiting for a long time. You can only control what you can do for your own life. So if right. you can better your own life and learning to be comfortable in your own space by yourself is so important. Yeah. So important. Right. Try, you try to do things on your own, like go to a movie by yourself. What's wrong with that? Go to, go to the mall alone, go, you know, you go to the grocery store by yourself probably. Right. So what's the difference? Go, go to the park, go out to see a show by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, you won't in a movie, but you will in other places. Take yourself out to dinner. <laughs> Yeah, I do, girl. I'm always alone. Uh, besides my dogs, like even in this pandemic, there's I, there hasn't been a moment where I'm like, oh my god, I'm lonely. Like I have these dogs that are hilarious. So I've been in, in, enjoying because I am so comfortable in my singleness, and it is what it is. So um, I yeah, I want to thank you, um, Alana, for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I'm sure we could have talked for four hours about this, um, but we're, we'll end it here. And is there anything that we missed that you want to say before we sign off? Or did, do you think we covered a lot? Gosh, you covered it so well. I feel like the, the name of this whole podcast, like singleness is not a punishment, is the best thing ever. And just, yeah, singleness can be a freedom and a blessing. And how many women in a bad relationship would give anything for their freedom? And they're too afraid to get out. And that man is not helping them feel better in any way, shape, or form. And all they would want is to be able to go live their lives, you know, and whether that involves children or themselves alone or anything, like you have to make yourself happy. Nobody, no other human being can make you happy. Only you can. So you have to do everything you can to try. Yeah. All right. And there it is. And if you're watching this live or if you're watching it in the replay, please share the video. Um, It helps with the algorithm and maybe it'll reach somebody in your audience on your Facebook friends list that needs to hear messages like this. I'll be back next Wednesday at six. And it's actually um, somebody who was on the Oh God, big brother. There we go. I'm like, Oh my God, what, what show is that? I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but she has since become my friend and her name is Caitlin Herman. We will be back next Wednesday, 6 PM Seattle time. So that's Pacific standard time. And she was on big brother. And we're going to talk about never letting a guy save you for later. He's been in that situation and it was a waste of time. So that is next week. Thank you so much for watching. Again, please subscribe and share, and I will see you next week. Thank you. I have three questions for you, okay? 
What if you took not being in a dysfunctional relationship seriously? What if you took healing and your growth in your single season seriously? So what I don't want for you, I don't want you to be upset at men and think in absolutes because you were treated poorly or even abused by men in your past. I don't want you to have that on your heart. You know, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if you are angry at the world, you're angry at men, you think all men are terrible. Yeah, it's because early on you did not guard your heart. And so now everything that you think is flowing from your heart. Out of the mouth comes the heart. So what it sounds like is you need to start doing some heart work. What if you took doing your heart work seriously? So you're like, okay, yes. I want to take that seriously, Rika. I don't want to be a bitter woman. I want healing. And I never want to be in a dysfunctional relationship again, but I don't know how to start. I got you. Let's start here. Start in my free masterclass that's coming up on February the 9th. Because what I do know is that if you do start dating, you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later, don't you? See, the fear of being treated poorly again or abused again or the fear of, well, I don't know if he's lying to me or not. I know that's heavy on your heart. So I got you. February 9th. If you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later, I am going to cover my three tips to help you spot a liar immediately. On the same masterclass, I am going to give you my four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship, okay? So again, in this masterclass coming up on February 9th and February 11th, you get to choose what time and date you can come to. We're going to cover three things. My three tips to help you spot a liar. The four steps that I use and I teach my clients that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship if you execute it. You're also going to hear real-life examples of women who have discovered their worth and stopped tying their identity to men because of my four-step formula. I've been able to bottle it up and bring it out in steps in order to teach you, right? And so as Maya Angelou told us, when you learn, you teach. I would love to teach you in my masterclass. It is free. And it's coming up quickly. So again, I told you February 9th, February 11th. When you sign up, you'll choose your time. So all you have to do to sign up for my four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship. And yes, we're going to cover my three tips that will help you spot a liar because I know you want to know if he's lying to you sooner rather than later. So we're going to cover all that in this masterclass. So to sign up, you can go ahead and go to the link in my bio right now or just go ahead and send me a DM. Okay, so of course on Instagram, I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. But again, all of those links will be in the show notes. Just scroll down. You click on it. I made the link clickable. You fill out your form. All I need is your name and your email. And boom, I'll send you the information for joining this masterclass. My four-step formula that will keep you out of a dysfunctional relationship. I know you want to come. I know you're excited. Now invite your friends as well. Have them sign up at the website you are going to to sign up as well, okay? Let me know if you have any questions for me. As always, if you need to reach out to me, feel free. My DM is open to you. And the last question that I will ask you, what if you took your healing 
in your single season seriously? What will happen? And what will happen if you don't?